0: This is Cambridge Judge Business
1: School's Online Knowledge Centre, with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day.
0: Adrian Kiriazzi is Managing Director and Head of Greece, Cyprus, Poland and Eastern Europe Credit Suisse Private Bank. Managing in Submerging Markets was the title of his presentation in the Cambridge Leadership Seminar series. In it, he sketched out the way he'd restructured the business, motivated his team, reinvigorated depressed clients, and persuaded Credit Suisse to invest, all at a time when individual net worth in Greece was plummeting by more than 40%. Today, Credit Suisse Private Bank has become the leading private bank for Greek clients. How had he tackled the challenge?
1: I went in all guns blazing to start with, and then realized that that was going to be completely counterproductive. So I spent three months understanding the psychology of the people I was working with and understanding that their command and control environment really took away from them the ability to think through a problem rather than just think about the problem and execute. And once I made them understand that they became accountable for what they were doing, the entire process became a lot easier. So it was spending three months understanding the psychology, and then it was communicating with people where I wanted them to go and why I wanted them to go there. So I made them understand, I made them buy into the strategy, both from the medium-term and a long-term perspective, but very importantly, to make them understand that we were starting from here, from space A, and we needed to be at space Y within a time frame. And the arguments became less ferocious and the discussion became wider as they understood that there was a definite strategy to what we were doing.
0: Were you helped or hindered at a time when we were actually just going into the worst possible economic crisis, the worst crisis of a generation, more than one generation?
1: I, I think... It made it easier because the the seismic shifts that were taking place around the world made it much more prominent that we had to have changes in the bank. And people understood the message. They understood that unless we changed our model, given that everything around us was crumbling, we wouldn't survive and our clients would probably move their money and take it elsewhere. And so I think that we were helped by the crisis
0: to a certain extent cynically i suppose i could say that you couldn't fail could you uh, cynically you could say that
1: i couldn't fail no practically though uh, failure for me would not have been not achieving my milestones failure for me would have been not convincing my colleagues that they should be part of the journey and for me and i reiterate this to them every time i i speak to them this is not uh, this is not something that is going to be achieved overnight this is a journey and we are going to have to go through the journey we're going to have to touch the milestones on the way so that we
0: can get to the end in a healthier and more dynamic way but you were going in there to change patterns and change procedures and change if you like a culture in some respects that must have been really challenging
1: it was challenging and also very enjoyable i'm one, one of the things that I've learned from my upbringing uh, at home was how to deal with difficult and important people in a very relaxed and in an unimportant way. And so I used that to the best of my abilities when I was dealing with my very senior colleagues who had very entrenched ideas about how they wanted to do their business compared to the way I wanted them to do their business. So I convinced them through... Action, Because I wouldn't expect them to do something that I wouldn't do, but also through constant discussion and convincing them that we were doing the right thing. And then obviously because we we achieved the successes that we achieved, they were then on board.
0: You've just taken a word that I was going to ask you about. I, I, and I was going to say to you, what have you achieved? Do you feel you've achieved everything? But I suspect that you would have turned it around the other way and said, it's not a question of what I've achieved, it's what we have achieved. I
1: don't have I in my vocabulary. And I, again, this is a, a point I make constantly. I would not succeed in my mandate if I did not go out and employ people who are better than me at what they do than I will ever be. And I tell my colleagues constantly that they are much better than I am at what they do. What I bring to the party is the ability to bring people around the table to discuss, but they then put that into action. They, they, they execute on the decisions that we take. I may take them to the point where they understand the decision, but they make it happen. I don't do that. I can't be everywhere. And they do that. This is a team effort. They, we're as good as the weakest person in our team.
0: There's a, a cruder, slightly cruder and older expression, which is, you don't buy a dog and do your own barking.
1: Correct, and I delegate a lot. And I and I make people responsible for that delegation. So they, I, I tell them that I'm not going to hold their hands, that if they want the job and they're in the job, they're going to have to make the decisions themselves, and then they're on their own. But I also tell them that the more rope I give them, the further they're going to fall if they make a mistake. So it's a two-way thing.
0: You made that point in in your uh, presentation, in your lecture. You said, yes, we're all friends, but I'm not their best friend. Correct. And I don't want to be... I can't be their best friend because
1: if there comes a time where I have to pull them up about something or I have to have a difficult discussion with them, I need to be in a space which I'm not sharing with them. And the only place... the only way to get into that place is to have a certain distance where I can take the view of the organisation that is delivering a message to a colleague as opposed to a friend delivering a message to a friend.
0: You made reference time after time after time to the importance of communication and the importance of respect.
1: Absolutely. I think without those two things, you cannot run an organisation in the 21st century. People have become much too aware of their rights and of their value for them to be disrespected and I think it is disrespectful of me as a manager not to share with them why we do what we do and how they are expected to do it but also and very importantly to get their buy-in for why we're doing it and how we're doing it so the respect has has got to be two ways they've got to understand where I'm coming from but they've also got to understand that I'm giving them the space to have a a heavy word
0: in the discussion. Another phrase that you used a couple of times was human capital, the single most important thing we have. It is. It is. The most
1: expensive asset that we have gets in and out of the lift every day when they come in to work, when they go out to lunch, when they come back in and they go home. And unless we take care of people and I mean care in the broadest sense of care, then we are failing as an organization because we will not be considered by intellectual people, by intelligent people, people who have a choice, unless we have something different to offer. And I keep coming back to the Swiss model. The Swiss were so fortunate up to and until 2009 that money would just flow into their coffers. They didn't have to try to get that money. They didn't have to go anywhere. And... In 2010, it was akin to somebody flicking the switch and the lights going out. The money just stopped overnight. So in September, October of 2010, our inflows of assets, of new assets, trickled. They they came to nothing. And it was that respect, I think, and convincing people that they had what it took and the tools and the ability and the charm, whatever you want to call it, the empathy, to go out and talk to their clients that made the difference for us because I encouraged them to do that. I said to them, you expect me to tell you to sit at your desks now because we're not getting money in. I want you to be away as much as possible. Go and talk to your clients. Get in front of your clients. Tell them that we're here for them. Convince them that we're their partner. And the partnership aspect, I tried to, I didn't want to use partnership in, in the speech because it's a, it's a word that has many meanings and they're indistinct. But in this specific case, partnership for me with the clients meant that a client can have his or her money in 50 different institutions. What makes the difference is what we bring to the party that makes us the first phone call they make. And during the, the height of the crisis, I had the senior relationship managers pick up the phone and call every single client. And the, client, the clients were amazed they were amazed. They came back and said, no one has ever done that. No one's ever picked up the phone and talked to us about what's happening. And for us, that made a huge difference. I mean, on the back of those phone calls, we, we brought in just under a billion Swiss in three months. It was phenomenal.
0: Adrian kiriazi
1: thank you very much. Thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online
0: broadcast series.